Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. The following program is presented by the Nerdy Show Network, geeky programming for all nerds across the multiverse. All Nerdy Show programming is made possible by A Comic Shop, Orlando's number one comic shop and nerd destination, and with the generous support of listeners like you. To learn how you can support this and other fine geek programming, visit nerdyshow.com. Welcome to Nerdy Show, a weekly podcast dedicated to every facet of nerddom, from comics and video games to science and technology. If it's geeky, we've got it covered. Hi, I'm Cap. I'm Boar. I'm Tony. I'm Trench. Trench and Tony, welcome back. It's been a dog's age since we had the both of you here on the show together. It's been, is... it's been so long since Tony has been here. I think he still thinks that we're filming because during the theme song, he was flailing around like he was showboating for the <laughs> what audience. Do you, what do you mean there's so, no camera? So just know that, you know, Tony's still hamming it up for you even when you can't see him. <laughs> Mr. DeMille, I'm ready for my close-up. <laughs> oh, Tony. Tony, Tony. So, hi. Uh, you guys represent Nerdy Show's stream team or half of it. Absolutely. And and what what have you folks been streaming lately on uh, the Twitch the Nerdy Show Twitch stream? Well, uh, I have been more absent of late just because of the immense amount of work that I do, uh, both for my professional career and for art on the side for things like Dungeons and Doritos album artwork, all that sort of. Well, fun thank stuff. you for that. Uh, the fans, thank you, thank you for that. Yeah. I got you guys backs, uh, but we've been playing a lot of a lot of the a lot of the old favorites. We play the Rocket Logs or Rocket League for those of you not with the the fun stuff. Uh, a lot of GTA Five. We do a lot of stunt races where Trench. One of my favorite games to play as we play that is to watch where Trench is at the end of a race, because Trench doesn't often often place in first. This this friend of mine, and why you got to bring the, why do you got to bring this up, Tony? Because I'm serious. It's one of my favorite things in the world because the race ends and it flashes to the last player's camera and Trench will inevitably have given up on racing and just be driving around the world somewhere. Like, he abandons the actual track and winds up, I don't know, <laughs> in like, the middle of nowhere. He's just doing his own cannonball run. Yeah, it's because bit. pretty much inexplicably every time something happens that takes me out of the race. So at that point, it's just like, fuck it. That something's name is David. Or Steve hitting you in some way, shape, or form that spins you out and sends you careening generally, to your doom. Generally Steve, and it's usually completely unprovoked. Uh, you're in a race, and uh, there's no uh, human fatalities. Right? I mean, isn't that the point of a video game? Is eliminating human fatalities in the real... No? Sure! (laughs) Especially not when you're part of stream team. And then... What was it? What did we play? Damn it. A couple weeks ago. That's right. We've been playing Mass Effect. We have actually been playing the new Mass Effect Andromeda multiplayer. Oh, that's multiplayer? Yeah. Oh, okay. It's got a multiplayer component, and the multiplayer is arguably the best part of that game. Is it? Well, um, is we it can like get why, that. right? Yes, and we can we can get into that a little <laughs> bit later on because I know that's one of the, the it, topics for discussion it, today. It, <laughs> well, it is is Mass Effect 
uh, Andromeda's multiplayer similar than Mass to Mass Effect 3's multiplayer? It's funny you should mention that. Because the team that developed Mass Effect Andromeda is the same team that was responsible ah. specifically for Mass Effect 3's multiplayer. Okay, interesting. Well, we will we will get into that more than later. Have you guys figured out the dialogue options to have sex with each other? Uh, generally, <laughs> really not much of a of figuring it out because it pretty much just like blatantly puts it up there for you. Oh, okay, good. Yes, I blatantly put it up there for Trench to just kind of stare lovingly. It's blatantly up right now for me. <laughs> <laughs> Hard to miss. <laughs> <laughs> um, well, let's see. Recently, this past weekend, there was the March for Science on uh, Earth Day, April 22nd, and uh, that was a fine to-do of scientists all over the world gathering together, or just science enthusiasts like myself. Um, about 600 satellite marches happened outside of the primary one happening in Washington, D.C. There were thousands of people as of this recording. We don't have like final numbers in. No idea how big it actually was, but... There was, uh, there was quite the crowd. There was all kinds of folks who came out to do uh, special speaking. The one in Orlando here was very well attended because Orlando is an extremely nerdy town and quite the uh, tech incubator and home for a ton of scientific innovation at uh, our local colleges. So it was, uh, there was a really impressive roster of speakers, including two very kick-ass astrophysicists. And, uh, kick astrophysicists, kick, if you will. Kick astrophysicists, yep. <laughs> That's exactly what they were. Um there were some great chants, like, uh, uh, what do we want? Evidence, science. Evidence-based science, maybe. Okay. One of the two, one of the other. Uh, when do we want it? After peer review. There you go. Yeah. You, you're not... You, you <laughs> no, know, it's, the, no, it's hilarious. I, I thought it was funny. I enjoyed it. I, I just... You guys, everybody was posting that all over the country. You guys you guys can't see it, but Boar is literally doubled over with laughter I, right yeah, now. I'm, I laugh a lot. He does. This yeah. this this man who loves fun and all things energetic. <laughs> and, and, a, and a very important chant was also who runs the world with the answer being nerds. And damn straight, we're going to take it back. Um, the there's also, if, if you missed out on the March for Science, there is coming up this weekend on Saturday, April 29th, the People's Climate March, uh, related to March for Science, but uh, a little bit more specific. So come out for that if you're... Uh, if you're feeling feisty or if you're not feeling feisty, but would like to feel feisty. If you enjoy holding signs on a picket and will support any natural cause, go for it. Any natural cause yes. like of death. <laughs> Generally speaking, <laughs> old age, heart attack, um, pun induced brain aneurysm. Oh yeah. Yeah. Um, also if you haven't caught it, if you're not subscribed to all the nerdy show shows, um, we went to Star Wars Celebration recently, and there's a ton of coverage for that. In fact, we've released in the past three weeks three episodes of State of the Empire, our Star Wars speculation podcast, where we look for news in Alderaan places. One of my favorite puns on the network to this day. Yes, never gets old. I love it. <laughs> I think uh, it got old. I die in love every time I hear that. I love it. I love saying it every time. I'll keep saying it. So yours is one I'm of the I'm glad Trish is here to just hate things with me. <laughs> you guys are awful. <laughs> Your side of the table. Cap, you and I are going to be the positivity side it's of the table. just wretched And they're going to be the, the black side of the yin-yang. <laughs> so, um, and I'm also going to be on a podcast, which I don't know if it will be out by the time this show is out, but if it is, we'll link it. Uh, I was on Earth's Mightiest Podcast, specifically their X-Men edition. They have a monthly show where they talk about different facets of Marvel Comics, mm -hmm. and in this case, uh, I was on the X-Men show. We talked about recent X-Men books, which have been... They're, I was going to say, they're still making X-Men books? Yeah, I thought they were all <laughs> dead they or something. 
Well, they had this big war with the Inhumans, and it was really shitty and convoluted in, in, in large part. And now the books are a little bit on the upsw- upswing, though it remains to be seen. Um, I like a couple of them, a couple of the new kind of relaunch of X-Men books. But uh, the ones we were talking about specifically were kind of the last gasp of the old guard. Fortunately, there's still some great books in there, like um, everything happening with uh, X-23 and her new role as the Wolverine um, has been great. So uh, no complaints there. And we, uh, yeah, some some good discussions. If you love X-Men or if you're curious what X-Men are up to, uh, check it out. If you're X-curious, if you will. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, And that's, that's, that's me. And then you guys, anything else aside from stream team? Did you, uh, did you want to tell everybody what you've been up to about? Absolutely. My wife and I, just last night, in fact, got to go to a film and be exceptionally curmudgeonly. Uh, we went and saw... <laughs> what? What? <laughs> yeah, I know. Picture my wife as a curmudgeon. Uh, those, my, my wife, Stacy, is a wonderful human being and uh, generally has nothing negative to say. But then we went and saw Beauty and the Beast. And both of us enjoyed the movie, but picked it apart. It's a, it's a fine film for anybody who hasn't seen it, but if you were on the fence, you can pretty much stick to the one from the 90s. It's a better rendition of the story. Uh, been watching a lot of television, been watching Star and the Forces of Evil, been getting into Samurai Jack, and just thoroughly, thoroughly enjoying the new season, which I know we'll get it. That's another talking point. We're, we're going to be talking about a lot of television we've been watching this episode. There's so a lot of cool things to discuss. It's, it's going on. It's going good. Well, let's talk about Samurai Jack. Well, what, what we can say, obviously, uh, we still don't have uh, Genny Tarkovsky on the show yet. That's hopefully going to happen soon. Um, it's so good to have him back, though. It is oh, so yeah. good. Jack is just so good. The season of Samurai Jack is a longtime fan of all things Genny Tartakovsky. This season has been mature in all the right ways without losing what made Jack great. Your first episode had a, a war-torn... Uh, just psychologically defeated Jack 50 years in the future. And the enemy he fought used music based weapons that he would scat to control. And I don't mean that in the excretion kind of way. I was going to say that, gross. I mean that in the, the <laughs> scat music kind of way. And it makes no sense, babe, but it's beautiful the whole way through. That's what he sounded like when he talked. <laughs> I love it. Just I, BTW. I love this show. Tony just kind of does that every now and then, so it's yeah. a good thing that you pointed that I out. Know, I know, because I mean, really, who could tell? You wouldn't be able to. You wouldn't have no idea if it was anybody else on the show. You'd get it, but since it's me, <laughs> yeah, really even with my even with my extended absence, I leave that kind of an impression. So Phil Lamar is obviously back as Jack, but also yep. he has, we have a supporting cast member now who's brand new, Tara Strong, mm-hmm. um, playing a, a really cool um, like ninja sort of character, Ashy, yeah. I couldn't remember her name. Thank you very much. And, and it's been it's been so beautiful. It's been so artfully done. I'm excited for every single episode. Did anybody check out the recent Marvel comic that Genny Tarkovsky wrote and drew? I had seen that it exists. I thumbed through it. It's a Luke Cage book. Yeah, it's if just I called recall. Cage exclamation mark. And it is it is fucking gorgeous and hilarious. It's wonderful. He goes to. A, uh, a, he gets kind of sucked into this whole like island kung fu showdown thing, mm-hmm. and the guy who's kind of low panning the whole operation is like a Dr. Seuss caricature. <laughs> that makes sense. He's got like those kind of those Grinch chin wrinkles, yeah. uh, and dimples and so on. It's fantastic. I believe it's collected now, so I highly recommend uh, Genny Tartakovsky's Cage. And uh, as far as other shows, I think something that's I know we we 
started down a intense discussion about this before we were even rolling. We might as well get into it. Uh, the new Bill Nye show, Bill Nye Saves the World, dropped on Netflix. And uh, it's, it's, it's not good. Uh, yeah. I am full of complete and utter oblivion because I, I have not watched the, any of it. One of the hardest things is to figure out who this is geared for. Yes. Like, really? Is it because who... he said that it's not for kids. Yeah, very first thing he says is like, I'm back on TV and I'm doing a new show. It's not for kids. And, and I'm pretty sure that that's only because in like, I, I think the third or the fourth episode, there's a lot of dick jokes. Well, and then there's a sexuality episode that could have been for kids, except that they, uh, well, sexed it up at the end. Uh-huh. Um, no nudity, but plenty of, uh, plenty of decolletage, v- uh, colorful vulgarisms. Uh-huh. Um, so let's, talk, let's talk about the show. It's, it's not for kids, which is in and of itself, I actually think a problem because I think Bill Nye thrives in an all ages environment because you can go back and you can on Netflix, watch the original Bill Nye, the science guy. And it's an enjoyable watch. No matter how old you are, it's, it's geared at kids, but it's clearly, it's like an all ages show. You can still kind of learn something from it in a way, but this show is, uh, it's, it's difficult. It, it might not it might not be for kids and that's one way to classify it, but then who is it for? And it appears to be very vaguely geared towards a quote unquote millennial audience, but doesn't really know what that means or how it's meaning to accomplish really anything. It's called Bill Nye saves the world, which is putting its um, intention right up there. But, but how? And it's too lofty of a goal for this show. Yeah. Because, because what it's doing is every episode has a different topic and all the topics are critically important and and would be interesting topics, but he is exclusively preaching to the choir. No one's going to learn anything from this, and if they do, it'll be few and far between because everyone knows this already. Yeah, that's I the mean, thing is if you already know a lot about the topic going into this, he's he's not going into a, at least enough detail that would intrigue you if you already have any sort of knowledge on the topic at all. So it's a lot of really like I only saw the first episode, which is about climate change. And it was a lot of Bill Nye taking the opportunity to get up on his soapbox and, you know, preach. And that's just not his strong point in any sense. Right. And if you, for example, somebody that doesn't maybe believe in climate change or doesn't know a lot about it, I wouldn't recommend them watch this because it's not a great source of information even in a watered down format for somebody who doesn't know a lot about what's going on it's mostly bill nye venting his frustrations with people and the establishment in fact he has a segment on every episode called bill needs a minute and it's just him ranting for a short duration of time about something and it's it's really problematic because this is i've we did a a bill nye microsode a listener requested microsode um i think maybe last year and it. This is a I li- I like what Bill Nye did, but present day Bill Nye I really have problems with because he has I'm obviously climate change is a huge factor. We live in Florida for fuck's sake, so this is a big deal. Uh, I'm very concerned. I I'm, I'm very active in my awareness on that problem and there's potential solutions and and things we can do to stave off that. But it doesn't matter because he's not his his argument under no circumstance that I've ever seen has been directed in such a way that could inform and change someone's mind. He's just telling people who don't accept climate change that they're wrong, not, not giving them any opportunity to grow as people and realize that 
that they are that you know that, that it is actually a real thing. And and while it, it's one of those that Bill Nye is is very much a public persona, but is, isn't he a mechanical engineer? Isn't that isn't that his field of study? He's definitely an engineer. Mm-hmm. I'm not 100 percent sure. sure. So type. so as much as it would be, you know, he's a public figure and he's kind of just become Bill. He's Bill Nye the science guy. But he's kind of the angry science guy who, while he understands climate change, can't speak to it, say, as accurately as somebody who's studied meteorology. And that's one of the other issues that I really had with is he's brought in all these correspondents and And these other people on the show, at least on the first episode. And they like they don't even know what the fuck they're talking about, or it seems like anyway. Well, that that brings up another interesting problem with the show, and that's just like the overall format of the show. Is that it's he's just kind of standing in front of a live audience. Uh, he'll monologue for a while, and then he'll decide to he'll go pantomime, do an experiment. Pantomime doing an experiment, he and there's even no. Really... It seems like there's not any or not enough cuts. Like he just, we see him walking over to put his take his coat off and change into a lab coat, and I feel like about a third of the, each episode is him like just awkwardly transitioning and or setting up an experiment slowly hmm it bill nye is shot in wide <laughs> well and and the audience is there and they cheer along with things that probably they, shouldn't they be shouldn't, cheered yeah. and they sound, like they're throwing him a bone basically <laughs> because they feel sorry for and him some, sometimes it's that jeb bush please clap <laughs> <laughs> some sometimes it's like the laughter is canned sometimes it's 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 inserted after the fact and you can tell yeah and it's oh it's super awkward there's also a panel segment there's like it basically uh, he, uh, and the panel segment is terrible because it doesn't he doesn't give enough time for each of the people to talk and the segment as a whole isn't long enough to have any sort of a meaningful discussion about anything which ties back to i guess what you guys were talking about before where it doesn't know who its audience is yeah. where it's like oh are we trying to have this be a serious scientific discussion where we're trying to educate and perhaps provide some different opinions clearly not because otherwise then we would have this stretched out to be the bulk of the show maybe with some some entertaining bits thrown in because it's still bill nye right and i and the or maybe they have to remote their- things where they send a correspondent out somewhere and have like a pre-recorded thing that they play that could be more interesting if it was longer and they actually like or if they dove into Bill. the topics a little bit some of them, more. Some of them are good and some of them are terrible and poorly edited. Um, yeah. there, but there, there, were, there were a couple that, that were, you know, that at least were a good start to a conversation that would take place then later on the show. But nothing ever goes far enough. No information is really presented. And then ultimately, what's the purpose of presenting the information? Because it has geared itself entirely to have an insular audience that has already made up their mind about these issues and are generally pretty progressive people. So then how are you saving the world if you're just regurgitating like it's it's just it's a self-contained environment for people who are already on board to stay on board and be like, yeah, I like you, Bill Nye. I like you, Will Wheaton. I like you, Zach Braff. Where have you been? Uh, Okay. And so what? So fucking what? So the biggest Bill Nye fan in the entire Nerdy Show Network is without question uh, Jess. And she has started writing an article which will be out by the time this episode's out that you'll read but i actually have a little bit of her rough draft right here which i think puts this into perspective because she loves this guy this is not an article i wanted to write as i write this i'm watching the fourth episode of the new netflix series bill nye saves the world and there's only one word to describe my mood disappointed I probably don't need to tell you about my love for Bill Nye. If you've listened to anything I've said here on Nerdy Show, you know it runs deep. Bill helped develop my love of science. He showed me that science could be cool and I could be cool for liking it. 
and it is a major reason I became an engineer. So I was excited for his new show. I really, truly was. But Bill Nye Saves the World is not a reincarnation of the television show that made me fall in love with science. It's an awkward attempt at cashing in on childhood nostalgia. Bill even states that in his first episode. It's a show for you grown-up kids all over the world. The best I can equate this to is the American version of Top Gear. You take a successful, popular show <laughs> and water it down to the point where it's now a joke of what it used to be. <laughs> there are three core elements that make the show cringeworthy. A live studio audience, weird celebrity appearances, and a lack of substantive silence. Yeah, that pretty much, that's that's everything we just mentioned. <laughs> yeah. Very succinctly. Yeah. Yeah, the what I, I she, she started messaging me in the middle of the night, and I was like, oh boy, what's going on? And, uh, and I and it was you know reacting to it, um, and so I was like, oh shit, uh, it's is it getting any better? And she's like, a little bit. She she said there's an episode on on sexuality, and I was like, well, let me let me check that out. So I I jumped forward. I went straight to the sexuality episode, and it was awful. It was. <laughs> it, I haven't seen that one yet. Did you did you by chance watch the GMO one? I did not. Oh, I watched these. The sexual- Sorry, in the GMO one, there's a bit that felt like it was straight out of Jimmy Kimmel where they sent somebody to a farmer's market and just asked them how, how they felt about GMOs. And of course, everybody there was like, I don't like them, but I don't know why. You know, and just sort of, or like, I don't know anything about them. They're bad. You know, and uh, it was just, what, what was the point of that? <laughs> I watched the sexuality episode and an episode about designer babies. Oh. Which I thought, I thought, okay, that's way, um, like, all these other things are, like, issues that, like, you know, GMOs, so people shouldn't have problems with the idea of a gen- genetically modified organism. Any time of plant, any type of plant cultivation is a genetically modified organism. Okay, climate change, we know about that. Okay, going to Mars, we know about that. These are, like, these are things, but I didn't know what he was going to say about designer babies. So I was like, well, let me try that one, and it's a later one in the chronology of the series. And it was Way better than the sex one. In fact, it almost was a good episode. It just didn't go far enough at all, and we still had you know a relatively useless panel. I think um, yeah, because the the show is only about twenty two, twenty three minutes long an episode. As I though felt like on it, Netflix it had to accommodate for commercials. I felt like it could have been an hour long. It should have been like an hour long episode on each of these topics right minimum and and if if they they needed to fit into this small amount of time for some reason they could have cut out a lot of like i said earlier the experimentation setups and him changing his jacket and walking around slowly and miscellaneous pointless banter i mean and and kind of a point of comparison to this in a way and i say this having not seen the show but (laughs) no but just based on what you guys are saying Uh uh-huh we all remember the the remake of Cosmos or the re the reimagining of Cosmos. That Cosmos is space ago. time Odyssey. Yeah. yeah, that was in many ways kind of the same thing. We took something that was really popular a long time ago with a very prominent figure within the scientific community who helped explore and explain elements of science, elements that are going around, and this was everything we've been asking for. Everything that you guys have been saying this show should be. It should be an hour long. It could delve deeper into one particular topic, which it did every single time. There were different segments that happened where either Neil deGrasse Tyson was addressing direct the camera, and then you had the animated segments. And it feels like every misstep that Bill Nye took was something that this new Cosmos series did in the right direction. I can't recommend Cosmos to Space Time Odyssey enough. I loved it. It started a little a little weak because it was establishing kind of like a base 
because uh, it actually was it, meant it was to the first educate. episode. Yeah. So it would t- it would t- it would build a foundation that you could then take that information as you watch the rest of it and build off of that. Mm-hmm. So it starts a little slow, but once it gets going, like and you know the language already, you know the metaphors already. It's fantastic. So I mean, this this sh- the sexuality thing. By the way, I just I just got to say, um, you know, no one there's no. There's no need to identify, you know, everybody's respective uh, sexual or, or gender backgrounds in any circumstance. But uh, it did seem plainly apparent that, with one exception, bait, everybody there was uh, heterosexual, and that that seems problematic <laughs> for a number of reasons. I don't understand. I mean, we have we have you know various panels on women's body rights all the time, manned entirely by men. So if that's if that's okay, then clearly this should be okay too. It it was it's just there. And they start off by talking about the one of the first things they start off talking about is is being intersex, but they never say the word intersex, nor do they explain what that means. Because obviously, the issue of gender is is a, a sociological issue because it's something that we've created as a species. We've made up gender and had what what all that means, and our gender roles are in large part designed by what we've invented as humans. Mm-hmm. And so that doesn't belong in a science show. But there's plenty of science that pertains to gender and sexuality, like all the different in-betweens, like being born with some version of both sex organs, or those women who, I can't remember the name of the, of the, of the I don't know if it's a syndrome or whatever it is, but the women who were athletes who were like kicked out of like Olympic tryouts because they were found to be biologically male, and they did not know that they were. Mm-hmm. These are, are real things, fascinating things, that were in no way addressed <laughs> all in this show um they just they skip around on it all and then play up the fact that bill nye is talking about sex to um address that you know polyamorous lifestyles and bisexuality and all kinds of fun sex stuff is a-okay which it very much is however that is scientifically irrelevant all you need to do is assert the message that everybody should like not care what anybody else is doing and uh and love each other and, and get along but instead they had an animated segment that on its own would have been great with a bunch of different flavors of ice cream Mm-hmm. Um, like coexisting and vanilla was trying to do ice cream conversion therapy uh, and make everybody else vanilla and then mint chocolate chip came in and it's like hey I'm two things and then then seduced vanilla uh, and then and it's like hey didn't you want to try a Neapolitan and then they all got and went to this like club which was a big ice cream bowl and and jumped all over each other which would have been great by itself but not in a constructive conversation about the science of gender and sexuality and especially not when they spent time on that instead of having a more meaningful conversation and especially not when they ended the episode with rachel bloom doing an extremely vulgar and not kind of funny but not good enough rap about like hey like let's everybody just fuck basically there's all kinds of different ways you can do it and saying vulgar things and i mean and i love vulgarity everybody knows that i have a filthy brain and a filthy mouth and i love all kinds of uh sex stuff that's one of my favorite things to talk about but but in the context of bill of this bill nye show it can't i mean i suppose vulgarity is the wrong word but basically sex raunchy sex stuff mm-hmm and just for the sake of having a woman on the show rapping about raunchy sex stuff, but it meant nothing. It offered nothing. Everyone was already in agreement who's watching the show based on the nature of the show that it's okay to do whatever with whomever so long as everybody's consenting. It's, it's not educating. It's not no, informing. It it's was just... So try hard. So a, a lot of that rant that you just uh, had there about the Bill Nye show reminds me a lot of my problems with the new Louis C.K. comedy special. But but uh, we'll not we'll not dwell. <laughs> we'll not on delve that. into that. <laughs> it's just terrible, and I wanted to say that real quick. 
Sorry, Louis. You're starting to you're starting to be a fish. You're aging. It's it's just a goddamn shame. And I think one of the most frustrating things is that it represents so much wasted potential. Because I could see a version of the show so easily that would be great. Because they got it right 20 years ago for children. So why not now? Here's, here's an idea for Netflix. Give us the money. We'll we'll do something way better. And it will contain. And this will take a lot of restraint yeah. from me, but it will contain no explicit material. <laughs> yeah, that I would actually. I want that my, money just to see that happen. As I was watching it this earlier today, I was just I, disappointment and feeling like we could have done this better. Like the correspondence they had on the show were just like, "Who the fuck are you? I don't care." Give yeah, me more and bill. people would say, who the fuck are these guys? We don't care, but at least we would have had something <laughs> better to say. We would have been a better, you know, better present, present, uh, presenter than what they were. And, you know, I'm sure they were probably up against a lot of adversity. Maybe the reason that they can't have a formatted show the same as the old one is that Disney owns the rights to, and if Bill Nine does it, there'll be a problem. I don't know that, but that's possible. Yeah, but, but at there's the same so time, many other ways that they could handle, like, yeah. that problem. I'm also, I'm going to tag back to something that was, that was brought up in Jess's comparison to the American version of Top Gear. Because, as we all know, the core cast of Top Gear, the British version, has now done the grand tour with Amazon. So, And the restrictions between what the BBC owns in terms of the rights to that format, those segments that they used to do... That's the perfect example right there of having like your format kind of... Stripped from you. Yeah, entirely. taken from you and held hostage, and they, they own the rights to everything you used to do. Maybe you maybe Jess's comparison had more levels than we knew. It did. It really <laughs> did. <laughs> because and But to that point, the Grand Tour, because it still has these core three, well, it's not the same, say, punch as Top Gear. I've watched the entire season of the Grand Tour. I don't know. I, I, like top, or I like Grand Tour better than Top Gear, the original. And... You're not, I mean, you're, you're fine to do so because it's still funny. It's funny as hell. There's a lot of good stuff. I do kind of miss the celebrity interview segments because that's what I like about it, that those are gone <laughs> and, and that they, and they took them out in an amazing way they with really more did. star power than they've ever yeah. had doing ridiculous things. <laughs> I've only seen one that's of them, true. but it's uh, Simon Pegg walking on a bridge and he falls into the river. <laughs> no, this, this oh, is started. <laughs> no, the first, the first one is they have fucking uh, Hawkeye. Why am I forgetting his name? Jeremy Renner. Jer- they have Jeremy Renner in the first episode, and it's like, okay, we're in the middle of the desert. We're gonna have Jeremy Renner. He's gonna jump. He's gonna skydive out of a plane, land, come into an interview, and he sure enough, he jumps out, and you just see his somebody doesn't in his, open. His parachute doesn't open. <laughs> <laughs> Hits the ground. It's like ooh. Uh, so I guess we're going to have army <laughs> hammer. Uh, I, I, I suppose he's dead. That's the most perfect way to handle celebrity interviews. To and me. then they had army hammer come out and army hammer got attacked by a poisonous snake. And it was so well done. It was so well shot. I mean, top gear's always been really well shot. And I want to mm-hmm. say, fuck Jeremy Clarkson. He's a piece of shit. He's a shitty human being and fuck that guy. But top gear's a great show in spite of him. <laughs> he's a wonderful. I, presenter. I would also say because of him, because I mean, he's, he's a great person to have on a show. He's, he's a wonderful personality a and a terrible being. person. He's yeah. a wonderful personality and a terrible person. <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's uh, let's so that's that's let's move on. that's our cantankerous corner. Let's find out if we're going to continue oh, to be cantankerous. Did, did we, uh, we're not we're not cantankerous people. We just we, we are very passionate. That's just Tony's word of the day. Um, well, I think we need to just like you know do did, it pee wee style and just scream <laughs> whenever he says it. <laughs> did we? Do we love something? Can we talk about something we love right now? Has that happened? I'm um, um, hope we. I, 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 I'm going to ask this question very, very tentatively because I saw Bor. Bor, you wanted to talk about the new season of MST3K. Uh, sure. Have Is, you seen any of it? I have seen. I'm, I'm watching the first episode. I'm still in the process of watching the first episode. Oh man, you haven't even finished one. 
dude, I've, we've mentioned my work schedule is, is hideous. Uh, okay, for doing anything whatever, outside whatever. Of that. Yeah. But and, it, anyway, what do you got to say about it? I like it. I dig it. I like it a lot. Awesome. It, we did it. <laughs> Yay. <laughs> I mean, it is, it is truly, and it's something it. that. Fuck you. <laughs> <laughs> it's truly something. There's Trench again being cantankerous. <laughs> but especially because I, I do listen to Nerdist and Jonah Ray is a big part of that franchise. So I've heard a lot of like his, his build up into it. And I've been very interested to see where this show goes. And it seems real. I love the fact that they have stuck to the very lo-fi feel of the original series, despite the fact that I guarantee you they had a bigger budget than that. Uh, and it's, it's funny. It's fucking funny. Do you mean lo-fi in that the, the props are kind of, yes, the props are shitty as hell. Well, I mean, they're, they're intentionally shitty. Yeah, I mean. but that's what I mean. They stuck to that aesthetic. <laughs> they could have done better. Whereas before it was by necessity, now it is by design. Now, I haven't yeah. seen the show yet, but I was at the uh, San Diego Comic-Con panel where they elaborated on the, the set design, the complicated folding sets and all that with the, for mm-hmm. the, uh, the title sequence. That, at the very least, was extremely complicated. I oh, mean, yeah. <laughs> they showed the, the process for that. And yeah, that, I was going to say, like, even though it looks crappy, it's, like, intentional, and it seems like it would have taken a lot of work to like, do some of that The stuff. complexity behind all the things they were outlining to me, I saw the blueprints. It was nightmarish. And it's great. It is great. I'm glad. I, I, if I wasn't watching these shitty Bill Nye episodes, I was going to watch that. It was either or. Oh, yeah, that would have been a better use of your time, probably. But now we had, a, we had a conversation now. We would have just said we liked him. Tom Servo can fly now. Okay. Uh, but only in the theater. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> so I've never seen any of the original Oh. or any of the new, so I've got nothing for you. Other than I'm really not interested in it, just because I'm kind of burnt out on Patton Oswalt and um, Felicia Day. Why are you burnt out on that? They're just everywhere. I mean... Not, though. They're talented. They're, they're for not whatever. too many places. I keep running them into shit. I I'm can't get enough of them, so I'm kind of like, where are you getting so much of them? And I am going to point out that they're not in the show much. They're, they, yeah, they show almost up at not the at all. They, they, they're like there for the intro... And then a, a little bit of in the middle, and, there. and they maybe some, some vo. They are not the stars of the show; they're just accessories. Yeah, they're, they're maybe like ten percent. Dan, Dan likes to watch Agents of Shield, and they like to keep bringing. Like I keep catching all the episodes when he's watching them with Patton Oswalt's like character. That's fifty different clones or whatever. He is mostly poorly handled in that show. I gotta say, uh, I haven't seen that show ever. So. Pat Oswalt's great, and he's a, he's a, he's a gem. We need to save Pat Oswalt. Yeah, forever. He he took his he took his Emmy to Arby's, and it was beautiful. But basically, uh, in summation, if you like the old MST3K, this is a faithful recreation of everything you know and love about it. Yeah, it's great. There's some there's some fascinating uh, material in here. I wanted to look at what what films they were watching. I don't know any of them. Reptilicus, exactly how it should be. <laughs> Reptilicus is pretty good. There's some from uh, from the late '80s, which I'm very intrigued by. Um, but there's also some guest stars that I didn't uh, I didn't know about. For example, Jerry Seinfeld and Mark Hamill. I didn't see that. No, I'm very excited. I'm very very excited. So, ooh, I can't wait. Cannot wait. Gonna be great. Gonna be great. I've only good watched stuff. like three so far. So, so if we want to go back into the things that we're we're kind of <laughs> problematic with. Uh, Trench and I can talk about Mass Effect. Please do. We haven't mentioned Mass Effect Andromeda since it came out. That seems like an oversight. Trench, you have played a lot more of Mass Effect Andromeda than I have. Uh, and I guess broad strokes, we can both speak to the fact that hey, all the rumors are true. 
Uh, the game looks wonky as fuck. It is, and there's well, a, there's a lot of there, different. There is, yeah. Didn't they patch this? Haven't they patched they, this? They, they have started tried. to patch this, but it's when a ship is sinking from a a like giant hole in the hull, a little patch isn't going to fix the water that's already inside, uh, and it's. <sighs> It's difficult to say because Mass Effect. There, for there both are of parts us, of it where you, you know, this is this this set piece is beautiful, but the you know character models and the way they're interacting with this set piece is fucking terrible. <laughs> and it's it's hard to pin down exactly why. There's a wonderful uh, video on YouTube by the channel Extra Frames that we can link to on this episode's page uh, that goes into some of the things that might be and how to create an animation system for a game like this where so many conversations are optional, where there's a lot of different kind of conversations that can be had different directions it can take and what that means in terms of a, a hardware perspective to create this sort of conversational tree, this tree system. Uh, but I think a lot of it boils down to the fact that it is, it's a C team, all the main Pete trench. You've brought this up before the main guys are no longer part of Bioware that kind of spearheaded the original mass effect series and made it the the magical trilogy that it was. Well, not yeah, not even not even just them, but like the leadership at the company is gone. So there's nobody there to say to anybody at EA anymore, "Hey, you know, we need more time to do this and have that actually like mean something and be taken into consideration." Now it's just EA says something and they got to do it and I think really it probably played a big chunk of what happened with this where they just said you guys have had time we've given you money now we want our game it's also the potential because they're in a new engine the original games were done in unreal this is done in frostbite which is ea's in-house engine used in all the battlefield games and there's the possibility that they might have had them start yeah, using frostbite like halfway through or something halfway through which is a complete redevelopment of assets and programming to make everything work i hope ea learns from this because this is this is <sighs> th- th- they, how many times are we going to hear this narrative how many times is this going to happen well, that's the thing is I was watching an episode of Jimquisition earlier this week, and he was talking about how one of the presidents or CEOs of EA in the past said that like, hey, you know, we have this track record of picking up studios and then ruining them. And we need to learn from that. And I think that was like a two or three year old episode. I, I, he might have still been with Destructoid when he did that. And yeah, no, they, they haven't learned anything. They are still destroying studios left and right. Uh, and... It's unfortunate because this, much like the Bill Nye series, much like my feelings on Beauty and the Beast and a lot of films that I've seen recently, is just this idea of potential. The series has a lot. This game has a lot People of potential. People work hard on this. People there's also there's put a their lot, lives into this. There's a lot of good stuff in it. The the change in narrative from being the last savior of humanity to you know uh, against an overwhelming threat, a soldier with a military background, to just somebody who is. He's a recon specialist, and I mean, he's still a soldier with a military background, but the not setting is different. Yeah, it's it's not. Oh, you're the best. You're the best soldier that there ever was. You're cream of the crop, rise to the top. Never eat a pig because a pig is a cop. Uh, now sorry. he's dropping rhymes <laughs> poorly. <laughs> it's tricky, Cap. Oh, you're right. It it's is tricky, tricky to rock a rhyme that's right on time. But you, you're not that. You're this. It's a sense of exploration versus defense. You're not exploring a galaxy to find people to save. You're exploring a galaxy to ensure the survival of an entire species, of an entire populace. And that it's a really it's a it tags back to older styles of I guess navigation narration, and it's a cool storytelling element. There's characters that 
are genuinely unique. Yeah, I like that they took <clears throat> different directions with all the different characters that are on your crews and what you saw from the characters before. Um, you know, I've, they almost did a little bit over the top because literally everybody is like a different thing. Um, they, they made sure that everybody it's too extreme almost. Yeah. Uh, everybody is like a, an outcast or a weirdo or a whatever from their particular, you know, from the norm that they've shown for this particular group or race or whatever in the past. So what, what kind of a sorry do you get then? Um, kind of like a runaway kind of thing. Um, She's like, she's not a traditional scientist, but she's kind of like learned stuff on the street or something, I guess. She's and an Indiana Jones. Is there a quarian? Uh, no, the no, quarians didn't make it, actually. Well, who knows, yeah. right? It's, at least they haven't made it yet. Because they don't know how to address uh, what happened in the Milky Way galaxy. Because if you, you know, haven't heard already, <laughs> you're not in the Milky Way galaxy anymore in this game. You're in the Andromeda galaxy. Yeah. And it it's is in the name. It is 600 five, years. Yeah, 600 years later. It is 600 years after the events of Mass Effect 2. Uh, basically, during the events of Mass Effect 2, while you're running around as Shepard, defeating the Collectors and preventing the you know, imminent return of the Reapers, the Andromeda initiative is gearing up to leave the Milky Way galaxy. And the reason you never hear about them in the original trilogy is because basically it's kind of like, you know, there are soon be like crackpots and, you know, uh, idealists and dreamers, and it's never going to amount to anything. And it's just. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. When you're ready to pop the question, the last thing you want to do is second guess the ring. At BlueNile.com, you can design a one-of-a-kind ring with the ease and convenience of shopping online. Choose your diamond and setting. When you find the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Go to BlueNile.com and use promo code LISTEN to get $50 off your purchase of $500 or more. That's code LISTEN at BlueNile.com for $50 off your purchase. BlueNile.com, code LISTEN. It's going to be a colossal failure in um, a money pit. Um, but during the course of the second game is when the Andromeda Initiative leaves. Like Milky Christopher, rape you and kill you Columbus. <laughs> Something like that. Less, less the rape and killing. You, you are a good guy. Uh, and I mean, there is, there is good stuff to this game. Uh, the multiplayer History that we played by the victors, Tony. <laughs> as, as somebody who has experienced it, we're, we're generally pretty good guys. There's a nice little scene at the beginning of the game where you're supposed to not shoot first, and that results in yeah. a lot of your people getting shot. So you're, you're. Is there like new races in this new galaxy? There's two. Okay. One of them is a villain. I the mean, to race? be fair, like, you're only... Okay, so in the first Mass Effect game, or the, the first trilogy, you had the entire Milky Way galaxy because there was a network of Mass Effect relays that could take you everywhere in the galaxy. So you would go from the galaxy map down to, like, a cluster map, and then you would pick a solar system, and then you'd go to that solar system, and then you'd pick a planet in that solar system to go to. Sure. So in Andromeda, 
you're only, you know, you don't have the full galaxy map. You only have the cluster map. So you're picking individual solar systems out of this one cluster. So you have a much like condensed area of the galaxy compared to the original. I guess game. that would maybe explain why there isn't as many races. So yeah, mm-hmm. that's you're only you're You've only got the races you know, and then two new ones. So are those floating pink blobs that go on about the Enkindler are not there? <laughs> yeah. Oh. Missed opportunity, guys. Yeah. The the Hanar, um, the Drell, which was the race that Thane was in the second game, and the Quarians were all supposed to come on a second wave of initiative ships that didn't make it because the Reapers came back in the third game. Spoiler alert. There's no. also... I mean, there's... And like I was starting to say, there's there's stuff to like about this game. The multiplayer is a lot of fun, which makes sense. It was the multiplayer team that went in to develop this. And it's... I mean, it, it plays well by and large. You know, in terms of the action in the game itself, it plays well. It's just... The combat is definitely the best part of the game. Just There's just there's so much in between it that, like, I... I it has not grabbed me. And Mass Effect would always traditionally hook me and drag me along for a 40-hour ride. This hasn't. I've played maybe four or five hours of it. Half of that's been well, multiplayer. Now that I know that you're into being hooked and dragged, I'm, you know... <laughs> Some people you pay might be in for, for a surprise now. They call me the super bass. <laughs> Weird. Okay. <laughs> boom, 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 baby. It's a Nicki Minaj song. I'm sorry. I don't know why my brain's on the I pop had, these days. Yep. Didn't, I would have never made that connection. Didn't follow. Super. Well, you don't. You don't super. strike me as a Nicki Minaj kind of guy, Tony. Yeah. Well, I'm full of surprises. So, uh, Mass Effect Andromeda. So, you would say, is it worth playing and, and looking the other way when it, when people's uh, faces implode? I give it, what, like six months for them to <laughs> patch the rest of the bullshit out of it? I, I guess. I mean, there... I want to I want to like and enjoy the game, but it just tries so hard to fight me on that. It is it is a $30, $60 game. Pretty is, much, yeah. So, once it, once it hits 30 bucks, absolutely. Pick it up, enjoy yeah. it. When I when I first got it, because I picked it up like the day before it actually came out, I thought you know that everybody like the people that were uh, by, or, EA did a thing where if you pre-ordered the game and signed up for their subscription EA, yeah, service, whatever. you would get ten hours of the game early. And so I thought that you know okay everybody's got you know just naturally because of the state of the game industry now there's always a day one patch so people mm-hmm. are playing an unoptimized version of this game and they're bitching about it so and we've we've kind of moved to this very vitriolic culture where it's a lot cooler to hate on something new than it is to try and support it and the truth of the matter probably lies somewhere in the middle so you know uh, I got, I, yeah I'm in the camp that's like you know you need to finish your games a little bit before they come out instead of that's that's the rest of us i mean day one patch i hate that too and and it really irks me that that's the way the game industry works now and that you know instead of getting like an expansion pack to a game like we used to get now we get bite-sized dlc that's not anywhere as near as like large or as immersive or expansive upon the original property as like you know what actual expansion packs were and yeah, so I made it 30 hours into the game and I thought, you know, okay, you know, this game is actually running a lot better. I'm not really seeing anything. And then that's when stuff started breaking. 
be in the middle of a dialogue and the party member that was following me that was supposed to be like pitching into this conversation would start talking. But because their character model was like way behind me, they didn't render properly in this scene. And so they're talking, but they're really muted because they're really far away. They use positional dialogue. So yeah. if, you're char- if you're not close to the person speaking, you can't the positional hear what they're audio, saying. Right? Yeah, positional yeah. audio. Positional dialogue, I, I guess, also makes sense because you have to be next to somebody to talk to them. Yes. But positional audio is what I meant to say. Okay, gotcha. I just wanted to clarify. (laughs) I went to talk to one of my crew members when I was on the ship, and it triggered a dialogue that was supposed to take place in a different part of the ship. So it... So you could hear somebody yelling. No, like, it broke way the game the as the game oh. tried to warp me through the ship to this other room that I'm supposed to be in for this conversation. Oh, okay. And how many hundreds of dollars of DLC can you buy for this game? So uh, far, I think the DLC plan is is a couple of free ones, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, I haven't seen anything about it. I know because I got the pre-order. What it was it? The he got the ultra deluxe. Super no, edition? I didn't get that one. No, we both got we both got the the like. We spent too much money on the game regardless. I, it was like 10 extra bucks for the early, where the, like, I don't know if they call it the deluxe edition, because that's the other thing is like, they call it fucking 50 different goddamn names now. You have the deluxe edition and the super ultra deluxe edition and the super ultra mega collector's edition. And personally, I was waiting for the Andromeda deluxe edition that came with the actual galaxy. Yeah, and that one actually comes with an in-game hat, if I'm not mistaken, right? Several of them. Oh, Several good. Of them. I can, and a sweater. I, can, I was being totally sarcastic, but apparently it's true. And a live... Ha- <laughs> no, there's also a live Hanar that they send you. Oh, good, because I want a live Hanar, whatever the hell that is. It's the ones that are always talking about the enkindling. Oh, right, yeah, the pink blob people. Why didn't you just say that? <laughs> because I thought that this conversation actually like had a history, and you would remember back to like uh, two minutes ago. You're we were, expecting way too much. Yeah, yeah. It's because I'm over here on the positive side of the table, and I don't believe in the entropy that is the two of you. Well, entro- nah. entropy's always going to win in the end. Mm-hmm. That's all we have to say. Yes, son of bitches. <laughs> all right. Free comic book day is coming up, May 6th. Yes, it is. And free comic book day is kind of dumb because it... Uh, it, it actually fucks over comic stores. It um, they have to they, they, they pay money for these free comic books, and then people who don't read comic books come in and buy them. And the amount of people who actually buy them for free, well, yeah, come in and come in and get them. The people who who that actually translates into people who are going to spend money at those struggling comic book stores is eh, few and far between. But they're expected to have free comic books, and if they don't have free comic books, then they're going to get a lot of heat from people who want to come in there getting free comic books. However, that said, on Free Comic Book Day, sometimes some cool stuff happens and some really neat books get released. And sometimes things, you know, almost happen that aren't like Marvel Comics wanting everybody to let Hydra take over their stores. What are you referring to? For the Captain America thing? What about it? You haven't heard about this? So Marvel wanted everybody to do a promotional event for, I can't remember the name of the a event. secret empire yeah, yeah the captain america story where captain america is working for hydra now yeah which i plan of, on i'm going to talk about that actually we'll, we'll talk about that this but uh, they wanted everybody to like put hydra decals all over like their stores and wear hydra shirts and just kind of like oh hydra took over our store so it's okay that you know captain america is working for hydra because everybody is bent out of shape over it and oh god it was glorious how just every like everybody turned on marvel so quick and was just like why did they that actually sounds like a good promotion um because everybody is well uh hydra is nazis or they've got too much in common with nazis and so you know 
it's just too too close for comfort for some people. Hmm. Well, here's the thing. Here's the thing. Uh, Bleeding Cool has an article about it. <laughs> I'm sure they do. <laughs> um, I, I will I will share the the coolest thing about about Free Comic Book Day after this. Let's take on Secret Empire right now. Secret Empire. There's a lot of misnomers about Secret Empire. That's the story that's been building for a while now. We've talked about it in past episodes of Nerdy Show, where Captain America was altered by. Uh, the Red Skull to be an agent of Hydra. And how and why and where that happened is kind of complicated, but actually interesting. And hey, it's comic books, so of course it's kind of complicated. Now, this is this story arc was started before the election. So this is all playing out a lot worse. It's a lot grimmer than anybody would really want to deal with right now in their yep. lives. Um, a little too close to home. But the thing about Hydra is Hydra are not... Nazis, Hydra became Nazis when the Red Skull appropriated Hydra, before they were a secret society, a secret paramilitary organization, but not aligned with the fascism and the uh, the hatred and, and the eugenics projects and all the other shit that the Nazis did. No, uh, the, Hydra was not responsible for the Holocaust. Hydra are not a great organization because they represent, you know, subjugation, but they are, they're like a militarized Freemason. If, okay. if that makes sense, uh, you know they, they've got their little their cult that's been around for an extremely long time. That's their bag. So Red Skull did an part interest- of sorry, but part of why people have trouble like acknowledging and accepting that is just because uh, for Aaron was posting about it on Facebook and I was reading his comments. Aaron from a comic shop, our beloved sponsor. Yes, yeah, and, and it's the it, Hydra has kind of a convoluted history with Marvel comics and writers and people like putting all of that together. So it's really hard for people to identify that that is what their background is. Yeah. No, I mean, it's, it's whole, it is totally understandable. I really do. I really do get why there's a misunderstanding about all that. And, uh, but uh, ultimately what, what actually happens, which uh, is, is fascinating is that Captain America, he, he was changed intrinsically in such a way so that he believes his background was was different his reality was different but he was always aligned with hydra and hydra itself became appropriated by the nazis while he was already indoctrinated with hydra believing in hydra and then has the opportunity to pretend to be the red skull's lapdog and defeat the red skull and take back hydra because he's because he captain america it, you know, really Captain Hydra. I don't think they call him that, but like, you know, let's for, for the purpose of simplicity, he's Captain Hydra, but he's as good a strategist as Captain America ever was. And he believes in Hydra, not Nazism, not Red Skull. So he, prote- he's, he structures all this out, overthrows Red Skull, takes back Hydra, and then launches Secret Empire, then launches the, the takedown of uh, global governments to the subjugation of Hydra and all that, and, you know, reveals his evil plans to his friends and so on. I've read Secret Empire Zero, and it's it's a neat comic story. I know this is not going to last. It's comic books. What what lasts? So many characters come back from the dead. You know, uh, this Captain America will be returned to his status quo eventually, you know, somehow living with the baggage of this having happened to him, making him a stronger character for it, but ultimately getting back to some kind of status quo, most likely. Um, and... And it's been a great story. I've been following it since it started, and I've really enjoyed it throughout. Um, Nick Spencer's been doing a great job. And there is a free comic book day issue for Secret Empire. And I don't know if the things happening in it will be depicted in other ways in in stories that people will uh, 
you know, pay money for eventually um, that maybe won't be as scarce as the free comic book day issues because they're free. Therefore they go fast. Um, but a thing happens on the last page of this free comic book day st- story. And it is insane. It is a crazy moment in comics. And I think people are going to remember it for a long time because it's, uh, it's just one of those things. You, I won't spoil it at all, but you can say, so this happened one time. People are like, damn, really? Cause that, those are the best comic stories. The thing where you can you can tell somebody your compressed version of like Civil War, and people be like, "Wow, that's crazy." Of course, now there's been a movie, so less crazy. But maybe maybe you tell them the comics version of, "Oh, a reality show superhero team accidentally exploded in elementary school." And people be like, "Holy shit! Why wasn't that the thing that happened in the movie?" Fuck Sokovia. Uh, <laughs> that's kind of what the movie did. <laughs> but here's the book I really want to talk about with Free Comic Book Day. Star Trek The Next Generation, Mirror Broken. Um, this is the mirror universe for Star Trek The Next Generation, previously unseen. We got some Deep Space Nine mirror universe. You know, we got some original mm-hmm. Star Trek mirror universe. But we've never seen this, and the cover says it all. It is a buff, bearded Picard in a sleeveless Federation <laughs> uniform. <laughs> Sitting in his in his seat like a pirate with a Borg data over his shoulder and an even sexier than normal Deanna Troy. <laughs> I do like that they kept with the the uh, convention of evil mirror universe facial hair. Not for everybody, but for Picard, they you know it was yeah. important. And well, I it, should... <laughs> Deanna Troy would have made a little bit less sense. Yeah, I kind of <laughs> thumbed through that that one that you had. And it, it looked really amazing. Like I, I didn't have a chance to really read it because I didn't have time, uh, but. Borg data and action. and sleeveless Borg data also and, and there was like because action Barkley in there <laughs> Barkley's the main character <laughs> okay like that's that's important to know the, like the the whipping boy of the of the Enterprise other than Wesley was is, gonna, that was my next question was is Wesley Crusher present yes no uh, there's a lot of characters that are not present in this free comic book day preview this is a story that is only going to be available on free comic book day and then issue one will begin presumably when it's collected this will be right in the beginning of it uh, Tasha Yar's in this issue she's also sleeveless and <laughs> and gut punches uh, Barkley just for fun just like ha ha gotcha <laughs> punch you in the gut um, and uh this is this is where you'll see her, and then uh, say it's Tasha Yar. That's all I'm gonna say. It's, it's Tasha Yar. So uh, I was satisfied with how they handled their character. <laughs> so there's other characters that we don't see yet. We don't see um, uh, Doctor Crusher. We don't see Wesley. We don't see Jordy. Um, we don't see Riker and Worf. Well, based on the continuity, because this is original continuity, the, uh, the Klingons are off in their own scene. We might not see Worf at all. Don't know. Uh, and what's great about this is it, it it plays by you know the Star Trek rules of how this this really works. These are not just evil versions of the characters. This is not their characters inverted. These are people who are evil because of the nature of the reality they live in. What about Mirror Universe Q? Wouldn't that be a hoot? I don't know. I would love, I would love to see this. I I don't know if have they ever addressed that even in comic books. I, I don't, isn't isn't Q a multi dimensional being? Uh, so if there's another universe, I don't know he if he'll just be Q. I think he's still limited to his own universe. I don't as know. Far that, as I'm aware, it's a fair question. He, a I, I bet Q you he probably could transition to another universe, but I would argue that there's probably another. Like there probably is a mirror Q. Well, it's just Q deciding to be the mirror Q for that day. <laughs> it, it. I guess it's it Discord. Could be. It's Discord from My Little Pony. That is mirror Q. Well, well, well. Memory beta. What do we got here? Uh, the, in the mirror universe, the Q was the 
dread deity of the Orion Cabal, a cult of the Orion race who worshipped him with crime, chaos, and blood sacrifice. The assassins of Q killed in his name. But does it say anything? I mean, because the, the race of Q is, I mean, he is an alien. He's not just, he's not a god. They're very godlike. But they're not gods. Right. So I just think that they're in each universe that there would be a Q continuum. Yeah, I don't a know. A Q continuum, a Q continuum. I don't know. I, I don't know. But no, it's called the Q continuum. Yeah, they should have called it the Q continuum. But they didn't. So shut up. <laughs> Q continuum. So you're just feeding the entropy. If you're gonna <laughs> if you're gonna buzz your local comic store on May sixth, be sure. But to it doesn't say anything out there if if there's multiple Q continuums. Well, I closed the this, window. Uh, okay, whatever. Whatever. Uh, but mostly because I couldn't figure now out. I, what, now I've really got to know, though. I couldn't figure out what the hell this website was referencing. Like, what? Where, where, where did they get this information from? from? So, so I was like, you know what? Uh, that's interesting. But let me Friday night fanfiction. Let me move on. <laughs> well, I mean, I'm familiar with Memory Alpha. I don't know what Memory Beta is. That could have been a, a Star Trek wiki filled with lies. <laughs> I don't know. I have no idea. And Bor, I can tell you're looking it up on your own phone. Okay, I might be. Proceed. So okay. <laughs> random weird comic book that came across my desk because Dan kind of threw it at me. Did you read the booster gold Flintstones? Oh, I sure did. That was really fucking weird. But the (laughs) part that I found the most interesting was actually the section at the back. That was the Jetsons. Yes. Which was a very interesting take on the Jetsons, which is the, the prelude much like this uh, free comic book day, Star Trek comic to the full blown series that that's going to be. It starts out, with uh it's judy is the daughter yep and uh george's mother in a you know kind of a clinic or some kind of building hospice maybe yeah something like that and they're talking kind of like grandma's dying kind of thing or choosing to end her life and then you realize that grandma is you know at a place that's like they're going about assisted suicide basically because she's 124 years old and has seen the the devastation of the planet and people like fleeing to space and then coming back to earth and living above like the 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 oceans that are all that's left now and then uh, they show up and grandma's rosie yeah, that's the uh, <laughs> who and the what in the fuck now? <laughs> yeah, yeah it, <laughs> that, that's that's the, uh, the the surprise at the end of the short Flintstones or short uh, Jetsons comic, leading into the status quo of the forthcoming Jetsons series, written by uh, Jimmy Palmiotti and Amanda Connor, is that Rosie is the um, the consciousness of George Jetson's mother inside of a robot body. Um, taking her life back being like you know young and virile again i don't know if she's going to be a maid but she's living with him (laughs) what does that mean that means i just stroked out a little bit (laughs) why because that is the way that the flintstones have been handled and now the jetsons seem to be the strongest hanna-barbera tie-ins that this that they've been doing well just you wait because um mark russell who writes flintstones he's uh flintstones is ending and he's moving on to snagglepuss i, I oh, heard no. about that <laughs> <laughs> scooby-doo is staying dead and buried right uh, i don't know what's happening with scooby apocalypse but i know that no one likes it <laughs> I wonder why nobody likes it. <laughs> because it was done better already and it was called Buffy. <laughs> but uh, the Snagglepuss book is great. It takes place in the 1950s uh, during the 
Red Scare, you know, like uh, Washington tribunals about Hollywood and so on. And Snagglepuss is a gay playwright trying to make it in New York. Wow. It's kind of phenomenal. They've Comics, already, everybody. They've already released a, a preview of it, and it's it's incredible. It's it's absolutely incredible. I cannot wait. Huh. <laughs> this this Hanna Barbera shit at DC is so goddamn good. Most of it, it just it makes no sense. Oh, oh, one one more shout out. Find this at your local comic book store when you're there on free comic book day, picking up the Star Trek issue. Um, there was a one shot that's a Suicide Squad banana splits crossover written yes. by Tony Bedard. What? It's fucking great. Now I don't even know who the bl- banana splits are. There's some like such one a f- banana, two banana, three banana, four. There's such a fringe piece of Hanna Barbera. I don't even know them. And one banana, two banana, three banana, four. Yeah, you, you. Here's here. Let me explain to everybody what just happened here. Tony said that you heard him say that, and then Bohr tried to to help him be like, "Hey, can you do, talk, say it more into the mic? You know, in the, for the future." Oh, <laughs> and Tony, and just, Tony I just, took it again. I took it again. He did another take, but this is a relatively live show, Tony. We don't do that anymore. Yeah, I'm trying. <laughs> Listen, that was my own. That was me slipping on a banana peel. Wacky. The show used to air on Cartoon Network. I, I didn't have cable growing up. Ah, oh, it was it was great. It was these weird it segments. So much. It was these weird segments where there were like the banana splits were in costume. Yeah, it, it was, was kind of live a weird action. live action thing. What? What? Yeah, weird live action thing with the banana splits, and it would cut to cartoons. But they're like animals. They're Wasn't it like really old? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. This was back before Cartoon Network was like having which new is programming I, where I'm still showing like the fucking shirt tails and and space ghost yeah i'm transitioning way to something we've talked about already but it's one of the strongest things like samurai jack is just the difference between now like what you can do on television and what you couldn't do back when samurai jack initially aired and especially now where uh, adult swim is more of a thing too mm-hmm. And the banana splits were this fascinating group of they were they were almost like the monkeys because they were a band. They're, they're a bubblegum pop group, yeah. They're a bubblegum pop group, and they would, quote-unquote, play their instruments as these people in full fucking fursuits. <laughs> like giant <laughs> like disney ones, too. They, they were Disney costumes, almost. The same sort of stuff you see Mickey and Minnie and Donald walking around Disney World. That was the banana splits. Weird. Yeah, I only have really vague memories of that, and all I remember is how big and weird looking their suits were that's basically where well, i'm at too yeah. in in this they're actual talking animals in a world full of humans who are trying to make it as a bubblegum pop group and uh because they're talking animals and things calamities happen they get arrested they get sent to bell reeve and uh, amanda Waller sends them out on a mission to retrieve the suicide squad because they're disposable and it, they're kind of like the gorillas it's great it's a great one shot and it comes packaged with that snaggle push short so God, that just make my brain hurt. <laughs> <laughs> Comics, everybody. That's that's the shit. It's like you're staring at some kind of non-Euclidean shape. Uh, <laughs> we got we got a shout out. We got we got a new patron. We are entirely listener supported, and we rely on you to keep us and the entire Nerdy Show Network alive. That means you should go to patreon.com slash nerdy show, pick a tier, even a dollar is A-OK by us. We'll still give you a shout out. And there's tons and tons of perks available at a multitude of levels, many different ways to join in and uh, have fun with us. So shout out to Seth Lipton, new patron here at Nerdy Show. How you doing, Seth? You got some delicious teas. I like what you do. (laughs) He is such a tease. And if you shop on Amazon, you should use our links to do so. Because if you do, you will give back to Nerdy Show. The entire Nerdy Show network will be in part funded by 
you buying the stuff you were already going to buy on Amazon. It's amazing. Nerdyshow.com slash Amazon. Super easy. Do it. I know a lot of other networks ask you to do it. If you're not doing that for those other networks already, well, one, you should switch to Nerdy Show. But for two, if you're not doing it, just do it. Change our change your Amazon links to our Amazon links. That easy. Yeah. All you have to do is one time, just change your bookmark over. You're done. You don't even have to think about it anymore. You click on Amazon. You're helping us out. Cerebral Paladin, he shops on Amazon for us a lot and likes to tell us about the things he's getting. He says, for years, my Radon R9 has served me well, but the challenges of the Andromeda Galaxy, the Wildlands, and the upcoming battles with the Rebel Lions and the fall of the last city have forced me to take up the NVIDIA 1080 sword. An expensive endeavor, but one that will see benefits to the Nerdy Show Network. Shout out to the stream team and Lightning Dogs. Also stream team. Yeah. You guys need to come up with a thing you do. Fuck you, Trench. Oh, you want to fuck Trench? No, that's... We that's, talked about that earlier. <laughs> yeah, that was, that's, that's on the record, Cap. Yeah, the, uh, the, from the, as seen in the video, uh, Tony Baldini, deep in the trenches. <laughs> I thought I'd destroyed every copy. <laughs> well, it's a rare collector's item. And if you purchase it on eBay, you'll help fund Nerdy Show. Because it is an Amazon subsidiary. <laughs> Going now for the whopping price of five cents. Well, you got to make work for me, because now I have to make sure that, you know, there's no proof that any of this has ever happened or existed. <laughs> High bitter trench. <laughs> I, I have to hide all of your bodies now. Uh, go to deep in the trenches triple X. The the downside is you can no longer use the leaves in my backyard. They have already been burned. Oh, I, you know. Luckily for me, I forgot what we we're even talking about. Hooray! One last thing: shop with Nerdy Show. We have all kinds of stuff. You we sh- you should be wearing shirts that have our logo on it because you like us. Why? That's a thing people do. Why aren't you doing it? In fact, one of our shirts just celebrated its seventh anniversary of Inception. Oh, the no Pika kidding. Thor shirt. Toot your own horn more, Tony. I'm sorry. I did the fucking artwork, Trench. I'm on the show. I get to sit there and seven. say that Pika Thor was drawn seven years, seven years ago. ago. God damn. We have a shirt that has only been a shirt very recently, but seven years ago, Tony drew it. <laughs> and it's Pikachu and Thor as one entity, Pika Thor. It's a great shirt. Why not buy it? Why not? It's stylish. You're stylish. I see so some do. synergy happening. Nerdyshow.com slash store. We also have stickers. We've got Nerdy Show stickers, Dungeons and Doritos stickers, a ton of Ghostbusters role-playing merchandise, Dungeons and Doritos shirts, products that you could be enriching your life with um, that you're probably not enriching your life with presently, and that's a damn shame. So consider it. Please do consider it. But a shame that can be rectified. So yeah. Yeah, let's rectify that right now. God Together. <laughs> that was the thing that happened. It was, <laughs> a, it was a thing. We did it. It came from behind. <sighs> well, if you can't afford to give us any money for right now, for whatever reason, other things you can do include liking, commenting, and sharing our posts on Facebook and retweeting us on Twitter. Because that helps us with those social network algorithms and get our stuff out there for people to see and experience. Not to mention on the old iTunes, you can give us a rate and a review. You can also review us on Facebook. You can do all sorts of those types of review things. But if you just want to do one review and just copy paste it to all of it, you can do that too. We're not going to judge. Uh, but any kind of star rating, any kind of review helps us bo- helps boost our notoriety on iTunes. And since you like Trench and I so much, head on over to twitch.com slash nerdy show to subscribe to the stream team and all of our happenings and chicanery. Chicanery, huh? Cantankerous. <laughs> I have the power. <laughs> 
I, I'm sure it would get annoying, but we should we should definitely do words of the day more often. Than <laughs> <laughs> Every time Tony shows up, that way it's only going to be once or twice a year, <laughs> and it'll stay fresh, like Tupperware. But it takes about half of the episode for us to figure out what your word of the day is, which is why it's also going to stay fresh. Stay with me here, boy. Yes, and stay no. fresh. No, we're also on SoundCloud too. That's that's where you can find our episodes. That's true. We're in lots of places. We're really where anywhere that you get podcasts from. And if we're not where you get podcasts from, that's a huge problem. Tell us and we'll submit the ne- necessary things. Whoever, whatever outlet that is, I'd say highly question their integrity because if they're not already carrying us, there's a there's a problem there. And it's and the problem is that we'll not redirect us. you to where you know a, a proper <laughs> channel for our podcast is. <laughs> We got some events coming up that you can expect to see me at, at least, if not some of our other hosts. I'm going to be at MoogFest, I'm going to be at Heroes Con, and I'm going to be at San Diego Comic Con. MoogFest is in late May, Heroes Con is in mid-June, and San Diego Comic Con is in early July. Good times will be had by all in Cap's presence. I, I can verify that. That will be the cap of your experience. I will show you a lovely time. Uh, we will hang out, and uh, do not hesitate. Cap will say inappropriate things as Galdap. So look forward to that. Oh, boy. what's the upcharge on that cap? That is that is at a premium um, right now, and that is at least a ten dollar lunch or a Dorito. That was a great derpy show reference there. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> Trench, as I understand it, there is a Justice League animated series on television right now that I'm not watching. Oh, I knew you were going to ask me about this, and I should have looked at it more because we talked about this very briefly on the car ride home earlier this week on my hey, way back from you office time. You put it time. in the notes, pal. <laughs> I'm just following you. You put lead. it in the notes. I put an addendum on there saying that I've seen like four episodes of That's this enough. thing. That's <laughs> enough. I've seen two episodes of Bill Nye. Still had feelings. Uh, <laughs> it is, uh, what's it called? Justice League Action. And it happened at some point after the you know, debacle that was the ending of season two of young justice on whoever the fuck's hands that was cartoon network mainly. Yeah. Um, and it is my takeaway of it is that young justice coming back needs more John Constantine. Yeah. Cause what you told me, this is, I mean, they killed young justice. So obviously this justice league show is a little bit younger ages than young justice was, but it has John Constantine. And in it, it has, yeah, some storylines that are is kind he of like, like a young Constantine. No. Oh. Well, actually in the episode that he's appears in, because I thought he was a more of a recurring like main cast member, but the show is actually like, it will follow different members of the justice league in episodes. Like uh, one of the other episodes follows uh, swamp thing. Mostly um, this one followed Batman, uh, Zatanna, John Constantine and Dr. Fate. And it starts out where their kids trick or treating and they think that they're just kids wearing the superhero costumes out trick or treating. But then it turns out that they're actually the superheroes that are under some kind of spell from Clarion and he's trying to lock them in this like haunted house to just, you know, lock them away forever. Um, like you do. The other one was a Solomon Grundy and Swamp Thing story. Uh, Batman appears, but Batman gets zombified by Solomon Grundy really quick right, right off the bat. And then uh, Solomon Grundy is actually like intelligent and, you know, know, has his own designs where he's taking this magical gem and marching into the city of New Orleans and zombifying the entire populace. And Swamp Thing is uh, done by Mark Hamill, who's also in another episode as the Joker. Yeah, uh, I actually I've I've seen enough of this to know that 
this is kind of a return to the DC animated universe a little bit in terms of his voice cast because Kevin Conroy's back as Batman. You've got Tim Daly back as Superman when he shows up. And I think it's even because Matt Ryan's been playing Constantine since the TV sh- since the TV show. And I think he's even back to play the character again because he's voiced him wherever he has the chance. And he's not smoking a cigarette. Um, but I do see a picture of him holding a flask, and when he's been turned into a child, as Matt mentioned... He was, yeah, he was, had a lollipop in his mouth like a cigarette. <laughs> I just, like, Constantine on a on a younger-geared DC children's show? I, I can't... I love it. That's that's amazing. It seems like a, a fantastic show. I, I can't wait to check it out. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, it's good stuff's happening in television, folks. I don't, it, it just is. Even with all the, the bad shit that we have yelled about... There is so much good stuff. The second season of The Get Down is on Netflix, and I know that's a big deal for you, Kevin. Silicon really Valley is coming back this week. And Silicon Valley is just, it's its Mike Judge on it is, true Mike Judge It form. is one of the best TV shows on right now. What was that uh, show you were talking about earlier Silicon this week? Valley. No. <laughs> Trial and Error, is that the... Oh, Trial and Error. Yeah, that one's a funny one if you've got uh, Hulu. I think it's also on NBC. Uh, but the season just finished up. And uh, if you like laughing, Trial and Error is a really good, a really good show to watch uh, on Hulu. It's got John Lithgow in it, and uh, oh, that, that, he, he's no, that's fantastic. Enough. That's all I needed to know to to start watching it. I was like, John Lithgow's in this. I'm watching it. <laughs> and for anime fans out there, you've got the second season of My Hero Academia that's on and around various places now. So watch that, enjoy it, and I'm sure listen to Wicked Anime because I guarantee you they're talking about that. Well, hey, while we're giving shout-outs to television shows we like, regardless of how nerdy they are, I- I've got my- one of my favorite so, shows ever is, uh, uh, right, well, right now, is is Shit's Creek. And I've never mentioned it because it's not particularly nerdy, but I love this show. You should totally check it out. It stars uh, Eugene Levy and Catherine O'Hara from you know, so many Christopher Guest films. Oh, but God. it's not even funny. But it is funny. It is. It's very funny. And, Bor, you hate Christopher Guest films. I hate him with a passion. Uh, fortunately, this is all of those actors... Like but they six, actually have a real script instead of just told to improv things and then they cut things together that are terrible? Yes. I mean, and I like Christopher Guest, but this is actually like a much more structured show that still uses the um, improvisational skills that, you know, those, characters those have. people have. I mean... It's Eugene Levy's show, isn't it? It is. Uh, he and his son, uh, Daniel, um, created together. Daniel's also on the show. It's about a, uh, a very well-off family who have everything stripped away from them and they the only thing they have left to their name is a small town called Schitt's Creek, which uh, Eugene Levy's character, uh, Johnny Rose, bought as a joke. <laughs> and so... <laughs> Uh, so they live out of a uh, out of a motel, and the uh, the mayor of Shit's Creek, Roland Shit, is uh, Chris Elliott. Naturally, <laughs> naturally, and, that's his name. Yeah, of course it is. And uh, <laughs> well, if you promise, Christopher Guest doesn't have anything to do with it. I might no- check it out. He has nothing to do with it. Okay, it's it's a great show. The guy who plays the um, the inept assassin in Dirk Gently plays a. Uh, uh, veterinarian in the show he's a constant character in it the inept assass- assassin yeah the, the the military guy who like who keeps oh, killing people oh okay see when you say assassin i went straight to bart oh yes sorry the holistic assassin as opposed to the the military well, she's good at her job <laughs> yeah but, but he's, he's just also more of assassin. a military operative i, I think yeah. of him as he's not really an assassin and he had a gun well, he was. He tried yes. to. He tried to shoot somebody with it, but I don't know if I would qualify him as an assassin. It, it was. It would have been an assassination of a kind. Uh, sure, yeah, but that's anyway, it's, that it's the same way okay. that the same way that somebody can like 
be a salesman, but I, I, no, I don't know where I'm going with this analogy. Abort! Abort! abort. <laughs> this is, it is one, it is, I would, I believe it may be my favorite situational comedy on television since, um, since Community. Um, it's extremely huh. good, and every season, it's, it's, it goes from like, okay, and season three, which just finished recently, All right, I'll try that, is you incredible. watch Trial and Error, okay. because you'll love it. Cool. It's a deal. French, you and I will just keep watching the same shit, because they're talking this way, we'll talk this way. <laughs> you know, so random interesting thing that i saw pop up i don't know much about it at all apparently carmen san diego is coming back as a cartoon yes, it is but you're never gonna see her so nope is that true you're never yeah. gonna see her well because she's gonna be on a streaming she? service but uh, she's they're, on gonna, they're gonna hide what what title she's gonna be in <laughs> and you're gonna have to search for it so just it's watch gonna be all of the netflix shows there's she's gonna, gonna be, be a little in the sprinkling of clues in some of the other shows but they're not gonna tell you which show to watch see the, the tail end of her red married- trench coat flash by the corner of the, the store as she walks past everybody everybody was invited to her wedding to where's waldo and nobody could find out where it was everybody got a different address and on that note <laughs> We got to wrap this up. Let's end this. Taking us out, we have a recent track from Megaran. This is from a project he did called Notorious R-A-N, a tribute record to Notorious B-I-G. And this is 10 Game Commandments. Yo, Eric, I got to shout you out, man, because I wasn't even going to do this one until you said something. But you was like, yo, I got to flip it, you know, flip mode. <laughs> one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. I've been playing games for years, yo They made me an animal Gamers need tips since they stopped making manuals Step by step pamphlets for you to get Your game on track so you won't be whack Rule numero uno, yo If shooters are your bag, don't camp out in high spots Don't capture the flag Nothing wrong with taking advantage if you can manage But there's a thin line between technique and spamming Number two if you getting beat, you gotta take it. No unplugging, real gamers don't rage quit. Number three, know your role if you're part of a team. Heal is heal, shoot is kill, you can't fall in between. And number four, your musical live chat will just get you muted. No excuses, ain't trying to hear that. Number five, if you do manage to stay alive, you will never get by taking someone's supply. Number six, make sure you got some strong Wi-Fi. Booted connections are no good, I say bye-bye. Ha. Number seven, if you do give me your Reckon ain't no need to send me trash talk within a private message Dudes be acting like they won the Super Bowl When it's only one game, I do keep it under control And number eight, thou shalt respect casuals Keep it peace, first timers make mistakes, it's natural I remember day one on Gears I got cussed out and clowned, so I haven't played in years Number nine, no racism or sexism Just cause they're different, there's no reason to mess with them And lastly, rule number ten is have fun Remember it's a game whether you lost or won Follow these rules, you'll enjoy gaming online Casual a midnight standing in the long line Folks IRL knowing you by your call sign We can hang out long like Jay Leno's jawline You're one of the greats of all times No scumbags cut back, getting beat like drum tracks Hero of the team making epic comebacks At least you'll enjoy your time and you should want that Print these rules, stick them on your board with thumbtacks Gotta go, gotta go, more games to unwrap Get your game on track Get your game on track Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis Super Nintendo, Sega Genesis Get your game on track. Get your game on track. Super Nintendo.
track. Super, super Nintendo Sega Genesis. Super, super Nintendo Sega Genesis. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.